Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. I'm Annie Reese. This is Politico Dispatch. We will not go back. We start with that bombshell report. Could be one of the most unprecedented leaks in modern history. By now, you've heard. That says the U.S. Supreme Court is poised to take action on Roe v. Wade. Everywhere. This is a scoop of a lifetime. About Monday night's bombshell news. Let's dig into this. When Politico published a leaked draft majority opinion from Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito that would strike down Roe v. Wade. I'm Alice Miranda Olstein. I cover health care, including abortion, for Politico. The immediate impact of this ruling, drafted back in February, would be to end the federal constitutional protection of abortion rights. Basically, kicking abortion policy back to each state, making governors central to the battle over abortion. Where you live already dictates how easy or hard or impossible it is to get an abortion. That will only become more true going forward. So today, to figure out how this might work in one state, Alice Miranda Olstein takes me to Michigan. We already have a patchwork. So this is forcing states like Michigan to think about something they haven't really had to think about for a long time. Where Governor Gretchen Whitmer has filed a lawsuit trying to overturn a 1931 law that will go into effect if Roe is repealed. Roe versus Wade is the thing that is preventing this law from being enforced today. Um, if not for Roe versus Wade, abortion would be banned in Michigan, and that's true for some other states as well. Um, some states have these pre-Roe bans. Some states have what are known as trigger bans, where the state has passed a law since Roe versus Wade saying, hey, if the Supreme Court ever overturns Roe versus Wade, abortion is gone in our state. So there are these different buckets of laws that states fall into. But if you add them all together, it's over half of states that are expected to ban abortion should this opinion become final. So rolling Roe back federally means that the fight over abortions goes back to the states. Last month, you and Zach Montalara wrote about what governors like Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer are doing to prepare ahead of this Supreme Court ruling. And I think a lot of people want to know what striking down rule federally would actually mean. So can you take me through Michigan as a case study? Michigan is in the bucket of states that have laws on the books from before Roe versus Wade was decided in the 70s, in some cases long before, that mm -hmm. ban all abortions or most or, you know, there's there's different versions of it, but essentially they are abortion bans and they are very much still on the books, but they haven't been enforced for the last half of a century because of Roe versus Wade. So this is forcing states like Michigan to think about something they haven't really had to think about for a long time. And with, you know, even before this most recent draft opinion was released, Michigan had been having this battle over what to do about that law because long before this opinion, draft opinion came out, people saw the writing on the wall, they listened to how the Supreme Court arguments went, and they were anticipating the overturning of Roe versus Wade. So now Governor Gretchen Whitmer is suing. Um, they have a special sort of mechanism in Michigan where the governor can uh, take something straight to the state, state Supreme Court. Uh, Planned Parenthood is also suing in Michigan, and so they are trying to get this law struck down or overturned before the Supreme Court acts. 
And I get that, like, hindsight's twenty twenty and everything, but this 1931 law in Michigan has been lurking behind Roe versus Wade for decades now. Right. And I get that people thought Roe was untouchable. Right. But still, it's sort of like, why have a law lurking? Why not repeal it sooner if you've got a Democratic governor, as Michigan did? Sure. So a couple things. One, you know, we've been hearing that a lot of states have sort of fallen into complacency on the abortion rights front. People have been living entire lives with Roe versus Wade in place and assumed it would always be there. And polling shows that. Polling shows that most people, even after the oral arguments in the Supreme Court case very much indicated otherwise, most people thought that the Supreme Court was not going to overturn Roe versus Wade. And so, you know, states have sort of focused on other things. We've had a pandemic, et cetera. But as you point out, you know, this isn't this isn't recent. Republicans have made it clear for decades that they would like to ban all abortion. They've been working to put people on the court who would do so. This is the culmination of a very long effort. And abortion rights advocates have been screaming for a long time that um, there needs to be more attention paid to this and more preparations made That didn't really happen. But, you know, the most recent developments seem to have really lit a fire under some elected officials. I'll also say for Michigan and for a lot of other states where this is the case, you know, Wisconsin comes to mind. Yes, they have Democratic governors, but they definitely have a lot of Republicans in the state legislature. And so Mm -hmm. it's it's not easy to pass something repealing the abortion bans that are on the books. Uh, A lot of a lot of lawmakers currently in power oppose doing so. So tell me about Governor Gretchen Whitmer's lawsuit. So I can't really comment on the likelihood of it succeeding, but I will say that she is one of the most vulnerable Democratic governors up for re-election this fall, and she is going all in on this issue. Uh, She is being extremely vocal about it. She is, you know, not only talking about it and featuring it in her re-election bid, but she is taking these concrete steps. And I've, I've heard a lot of praise from advocacy groups for that and desire to see more elected officials up and down the ballot doing so because, you know, you don't hear every Democrat making abortion rights a top issue right now. And so I think that she sees most voters do support abortion rights. And she is, you know, trying to draw a clear contrast with her opponents who are very anti-abortion and say to voters, if you want to preserve the option of being able to have an abortion if you need one, you need to vote for me and other Democrats. With the timetable, because of this leaked opinion, there's now this ticking clock. So what are some other blue states that already had been working to shore up protections from Roe? What are we seeing from them? Right. Well, California is really out in front of all of them and announced even more efforts following this week's news and want to now put something in the state constitution to protect abortion rights. And given the makeup of the state, you know, it's it's not impossible that they'll be able to do that. But they've already passed several things, including provisions to protect people who come from out of state to California for an abortion, provisions to offer economic assistance to people who have trouble affording one, a lot of different things. But California is an outlier. Not as many blue states have taken as many actions. And that is both because of the makeup of who controls state legislatures and governorships around the country. A lot of them are controlled by Republicans, so you're not going to see that. But also, like I said, there has been a lot of complacency. There has been a lot of states that just haven't made this a priority. 
So you're on Capitol Hill reporting on this today. Is this really all anyone has been talking about? Yes, this is all anyone's talking about. There are massive scrums of reporters around, you know, uh, senators like Manchin. I'll note the House is not in today. It's just the Senate. And so the Senate is completely mobbed. Senate Democrats just gave a press, I won't call it a press conference. They held an event outside on the Senate steps. Uh, I won't call it a press conference because they didn't take any questions to my great disappointment. Uh, They made a lot of speeches about how they're going to keep fighting and uh, left without taking questions. Um, I have several questions, so I was not a fan of that. What were your biggest questions? Well, they said they're going to hold another vote in the Senate on this issue, but I wanted to ask, is that vote going to be on the same exact bill that failed to pass in February or something else? And I'm also going to ask, you know, if they're going to hold a vote on the same exact bill when the calculus hasn't changed why Why do it? I want to ask um, if they are calling on President Biden to take more executive actions, given the difficulty of passing anything through Congress. I've got a lot of questions. <laughs> they should answer them. In purely political terms, does the likelihood that Roe will be struck down motivate voters on the left ahead of the midterms? I, I think it's too soon to say what the ultimate outcome will be, but I think we can look to some recent elections as an example. So in 2018, there was a big mobilization um, around issues of abortion rights and the Supreme Court specifically, and that helped Democrats take back the House. And then it, again in 2020, helped Democrats take back the Senate and White House. And so it, it's not impossible. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of frustration that it took this uh, leaked draft opinion to really light a fire under uh, both elected officials and the public. And uh, there's a concern that it may be too late to really do something uh, major to prevent or mitigate this. Alice Miranda Olstein, thank you so much for talking with me. My pleasure. Also in the news, on Tuesday, demonstrations continued outside the U.S. Supreme Court where senators gathered alongside protesters on the steps of the Supreme Court building to celebrate and oppose the leaked draft opinion. And the World Health Organization released a report Tuesday warning that obesity rates in the European region are at, quote, epidemic proportions. 59% of adults and nearly one in three children are either overweight or obese, and no country in the European region is currently on track to halt the rise of obesity by 2025. Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Be sure to follow Politico Dispatch if you haven't yet, and if you can, leave us a rating and review. It helps more people find the show. I'm Annie Reese. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>